welcome to Conveyancing Matters with Lorraine and Stu. Join us for a chat about all things property. Hello, Stu. How are you? I'm very good. Thanks, Lorraine. Yourself? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. You're looking a little bit fresh faced today. Looking. Uh... Decided to have a shave the other day. Yeah, the thought, yeah. you know, need to go fast to kind of uh, yeah. conveyancing face on. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it all had to come off. So here you are. That's it. Well, here we are. At your suggestion, um, you know, licensed conveyancers and solicitors firms are, are sort of rapidly entering the um, uh, professional indemnity insurance, um, uh, you know, bullfight that's going yeah. to be happening this year. Uh, and it's something that clearly, uh, you know, as, as the head of a firm is, is a very big deal for you. So what is it that made you, you know, that prompted you to suggest that we chatted about um, uh, solicitors indemnity insurance and perhaps for the benefit of the people who aren't entirely sure what we're talking about maybe give a little bit of context first just explain what it is basically indemnity insurance is uh, our insurance so that if we do make a mistake um, that insurance will pay out and, and the client doesn't suffer a loss so as you could imagine it's the expense of this insurance that that is the uh, the sort of uh, the hoo-ha that law firms will be uh, be interested in, and and this year we're sort of in this kind of perfect storm, aren't we? Because we've got insurance companies that are probably um, you know the least interested they've ever been in in terms of providing insurance um, on the um, on the legalities of it all, and of course we've got firms that have had more matters than ever, so we've got more transactions going through, so the potential of um, claims I would imagine have been more than they've ever been. I think in terms of conveyancing, it's probably um, you know clients and the information they've got. There's probably you know we're sort of almost like litigating transactions to a degree now, and I think we're we're entering into this perfect storm now where um, this renewal, um, which is in, in in June for the CLC is uh yeah is going to be one of the worst ever i think yeah i think you're right i mean again just to, for the sake of those who who are watching that aren't you know uh, completely clued up you know we the trouble is we talk about indemnity insurance in conveyancing as meaning you know policies we get in relation to files but what yep. we're talking about here is, is is the professional indemnity insurance that as you say a firm has to have in place and it all is goes to um you know the protection of the public the idea that the um, the public should be able to see a regulated professional such as a licensed conveyancer or a solicitor and if you know we do the job badly enough that that client suffers loss then we've got professional indemnity insurance in place to uh, essentially recompense that client in the event that it's not possible to put their problem right so that's kind of what we're talking about but I tell you what has occurred to me I mean I'm not in a firm now I just locum thank goodness but um, because, of course, as you say, there are fewer insurance companies that have even got an appetite to um, insure law firms, particularly those that do, you know, high volume, high risk work, such as conveyancing. Um, and even for, you know, for small firms, Stu, I mean, you, you know, we're not talking, um, you know, clearly I'm not expecting you to give any sort of, you know, commercially sensitive information away. But again, just to give people context, I mean, you are talking, you know, tens of thousands of pounds of, of indemnity of, of insurance premiums for this insurance per year you know we're not I, talking I, I wish it was yeah tens well of we're thousands. not we're not that's talking that's that's even but even for smallish firms yeah oh, I mean, you're, you're, so. yeah it's the, the, the figures are absolutely substantial mm. um you know a, a medium-sized practice you're talking hundreds of thousands 
I would suggest. Um, and it's, it's, it's going to be a really, really nerve-wracking time for many firms up and down the country um, over the next few months. With Of course, the, I mean, the, the wider context for people watching this, not that I want to make anybody feel sort of miserable, but of course it is a, a regulatory requirement that, you know, CLC, Council for Licensed Conveyancer and Solicitors Regulation, SRA, of you know, authorised firms have this indemnity insurance in place and they are not permitted to practice if they don't. So, you know, it's of great significance to the firm and the people working in it mm. if the firm cannot secure that professional indemnity insurance. And as, I, and as you said, there are, you know, there are fewer insurance providers in the market because they're you know, the whole principle of insurance is, well, you know, we're going to make more out of the payment of the premiums than we're going to have to pay out in claims. But of course, <laughs> particularly with really risky work like conveyancing, that that balance gets tipped sometimes, doesn't it? Definitely. And, um, you know, there was a trend, uh, I think, last year and the year before where, you know, the insurers um, had new build uh, transactions on their sort of agenda and uh, most certainly those firms that do volume, um, volume new build work uh, suffered, I think, with regards to increased premiums mm. um, as insurers foresee that as a, a big risk kind of, um, you know, work type. Um, but this year with the sort of current climate, COVID, you know, we were just sort of in the, you know, the brink of it. Um, it just started when the last renewal process was, yeah. uh, was going around. We've now had a year of it. So I do wonder what the uh, what the insurers are going to make of it going forward. Um, you know, coming out of it, is that going to be taken into consideration? Or as far as the insurers are concerned, from a claims perspective, um, are yeah, we I think be so. I mean, the insurers nice? are always looking at um, you know doing market assessments, and they're going to be looking as you well. Now you don't need me to tell you, but for the benefit of people watching, they're going to look really closely at you know the volume of work that firms are doing, the turnover, they're going to be looking at the volumes of staff, they're going to be looking at the level of experience of the staff. But what I think is really interesting on the insurance front, Stu, and you and I clearly in our chats have sort of, you know, contributed to this to an extent, of course, we've contributed to the discussion. But of course, um, you know, there, there probably isn't a conveyancing firm in the country who hasn't had at least one member of staff on social media saying you know how grim the last year has been how much pressure they've been under the hours that they're doing you know isn't it awful isn't it awful lots of people of you know various different organizations have had the be kinder campaigns which of course you know is is, is completely appropriate but of course the interesting thing uh, I'm concerned about people's mental health and the fact that if they're still working you know at home uh you've got you've just got the absolute blurred lines between you know home and work yep. to the extent they probably don't exist um, so the mental health issue was a big thing for a big concern for me, but the insurers are going to be saying, uh, look how much pressure these conveyances are under. It's on yep. social media every day. This is what we're yep. going to be looking at. It's good. They're looking this, at it from a totally different yeah. angle, aren't they? Yeah, oh, 100%. This is the worrying thing. And, um, you know, whatever way we look at it, whatever our processes are, you know, this year, the volume of work that firms have processed, I suppose you know, insurers are going to look at it, that there is more likely to be claims originating over the last 12 months than ever before. Mm. Um, you know, people have been working at home potentially without as much support as they may have had in the office. There's more pressure from clients, of course. So where we've had deadlines, you know, not one, but now two, 
or three, if you want to, you know, go right up to September, clients have been more pushy. Um, I would say work providers, estate agents have been more pushy in terms of deals getting done. Um, would that, in certain circumstances, you know, arise to maybe shortcuts being taken? Who knows? But I can only assume that will be the assumption that the insurers will make. And therefore, you know, law firms are going to get really hit in the pocket with their premiums going up. Yeah, I'm sure they will. I mean, it would actually be, you know, from a purely, um, I don't know, academic point of view, it would actually be almost quite interesting to do analysis in the next five to 10 years of, of how many negligence claims on files arise from transactions which exchanged, for example, in the run up to all of the stamp duty land tax deadlines. You know, because well, I can't you... believe with the best will in the world, corners will have been cut. And I mean, no disrespect to conveyances when I say that at all, but working under that level of pressure you know, not not everything is going to get done. You're, you're right. And it's not just corners being cut, just as a complete, you know, the most simplistic way of looking at it all. As a percentage, um, there are more transactions being completed. Yeah. Therefore, as a percentage, there will be more claims during this period. So therefore, with more claims, higher premiums. So it really is the most perfect storm. Um, that's brewing um, and uh, yeah it's going to be a, a bumpy ride I think over the next few months. Yeah I think it is and I know actually Stu we certainly it was quite a while ago now but you sort of touched on this before on another chat I, I don't remember the context to be honest but this sort of um, you know your advice to firms about uh, you know the people in firms who are responsible for this but you know start you know the the, the gathering the information that your insurers need, liaise with your insurers, don't leave it all till the last minute. I mean, what what sort of tips and advice would you be given? The, the renewal process now must be, you know, the, the, the forms that we have to complete, they're probably double the size that they were years gone past. Um, I think collating this information, uh, leaving it to a, a certain point and doing it is a thing of the past, I think. You know, you need to have this information on live documents um, that are updated constantly um, so that you've got all that information, you know, at the, the palm of your hand straight mm -hmm. away. And I think also not just maybe accepting uh, what you're told. I think you need to argue your case as to why your firm, you know, shouldn't suffer these premiums because of the processes that you've got in place. So I think not just completing the forms, but actually sort of selling your practice, making a case for why, mm. you know, you're not somebody that's at risk. You know, I always feel it slightly, uh, I'm, you know, aggrieved that, you know, by doing lots of new build work, for example, we should have a higher premiums. Yeah, I can understand that the, the risk process that the insurers go through, but, you know, it's personally, we've not had a claim um, on any new build transaction before. Um, so you, you kind of think, well, I'm suffering for maybe other firms that have, but yeah, collation of information is really really key and the more explanatory you can be and the more information that you've got to provide um you know the hopefully the more successful you'll be when you're negotiating those premiums yeah it's interesting actually you know you use the phrase negotiating the premiums Stu, um as opposed to just sort of you know uh, laying down and, and and accepting it really um you know i do think that's really a point that you know not wouldn't necessarily be clear to everybody um you might not get anywhere but to at least yeah. you know to at least try i think um you know a really interesting and important point but you've yeah. I think well, you've got to have really 
for years i just i didn't realize you could i just accepted that whatever the quote was right okay yep no problems we'll pay that and that was the end of it but latter years yeah you you know that the premiums are so much higher now than they ever ever have been before um so yeah you've got to look after number one you've got to try and negotiate and, and fight your corner do you you know have you ever shopped around for yes. insurance, for pressure yeah. without doubt now you do yeah yeah you have to um because you know it's it's i suppose no different to any insurance no different to getting car insurance who, who accepts the first quote they get for car insurance now you always shop around don't you and i think that's the oh I you know, that's the nice, key just get a nice broker to do it let them do it for <laughs> me <laughs> frankly i know it is it's a horrible task though isn't it i mean the indemnity insurance renewal probably ranks I'm trying to think of anything worse. It's got to be within the top, um, you know, top five things that's, you know, crappy to deal with generally. I would say over the course of a year, it's it's never a nice one. Well, I suppose also, I mean, going sort of back to where, almost where we started really, Stu, it's so, it's fatuous to say it, but it's such a, you know, it's your ability to stay in business or not. So yeah. sort of everything hangs on it. Everything hangs on it. And it's the pressure, yeah, that's exactly right. It's the pressure that you're under for that period. Mm. Um, it's not nice, no. It's, it's a horrible time. Um, I'm sure any any sort of partner at firms that have to deal with it will appreciate it's it's not a nice time. Has it ever led you, um, Stu, as a matter of interest to, you know, have the premiums ever been such a zinger that you've had, as, as a practice, for example, had to say, right, we've now got to review our costing structure, as in our fee charging structure? Yeah, I suppose yes would be the the honest answer to that. Yeah, I mean every time we have any liability that increases, you have to sort of know your bottom lines and, and what your fees and quotes generate. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's a, a hell of a job at the minute anyway. And the last thing you want to be doing is sitting there and doing it for cost or doing it for free. So there's got to be profit made. And um, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, you have to look at your costings. I think that goes across the board though with all your liabilities. And at the moment, you know, we are in this kind of situation where your liabilities, no doubt, are increasing. You know, I'm sure firms have had to adopt um, all sorts of IT software to sort of cope with the COVID climate and, and working from home. And mm. I'm sure sort of case management systems of, you know, where firms didn't adopt them, you know, how could you now live without them? Um, and that's just one of many, many, many things, you know, things, I mean, over the course of the last year, we've, you know, we've gone from having sort of single screens in the office. Each person has two or three screens now. You know, we've got new phone systems with Christ knows what facilities. You know, everything's been upgraded um, to cope with working, you know, yeah. wherever you may be in the world. Um, and, of course, all of that comes at a cost. Um, well, and, of and course, the basic one as well, um, you know, with a lot of firms, and we, again, we've talked about this in different contexts, Stu, um, you know, a lot of the amount of, of additional salary that firms have had to, you know, take on the chin in the last 12 months, either to, yep. to increase the number of staff, they've got the number of sort of bums on seats and digits on keyboards, or, or, or simply to, to retain the staff they've got or to stay relevant in the market, just to enable them to cope. Well, yeah, more transactions generally mean more overheads. So more transactions means more staff, more stationary, you know, more telephone bills, you name it um and you know i would say as a percentage you know most firms if not all are doing more and, and that's all going to come at an enormous cost a different um, um a, a different sort of concern for 
solicitors specifically, Stu, actually, and this is a real sort of hot potato that's been um, that, that's been around for a long time. But um, and again, not something directly relevant to licensed conveyances. I don't know if you've got the same a similar thing, actually, but the solicitors indemnity fund, the SIF, this, this has been maintained originally by the law society and then by the SRA. And for the people who don't know, it's basically a sort of fund of last resort. And again, it comes back to this central idea that a member of the public should not suffer loss at the hands of a regulated yeah. professional. That's the yeah. point. Yeah. This idea. See, the CLC had the same thing. We have yeah. a compensation fund. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. Um, but what's happening, and it's causing a real storm, um, you know, within the solicitors sort of side of the profession, because the SRA have been responsible for administering it. And they, they um, made it clear quite a few years ago now that they were going to close the Solicitors Indemnity Fund, and they were originally going to close it last September uh, to new claims, and they um, did extend that by, you know, as a result of fairly strong lobbying. Um, but but it's it's led to, you know, just sort of, you know, it's sort of extraordinary repercussions, which I don't think a lot of, you know, and of course it's not going to affect a lot of people in the profession, but there's certainly going to, you know, a, a, a strata of people who it's it's really going to affect because the idea of the fund again for the benefit of the people that don't know that um as i say it's this fund of last resort so if a firm's professional indemnity insurance doesn't cover a claim um or for whatever reason or more particularly when somebody closes their business they have to have six months uh, six years runoff cover to co again cover any claims you know that arise six years after they close their firm their practice but of course, as we well know, with conveyancing in particular, quite a lot of claims often don't come out the woodwork till a lot later. And the Solicitors Indemnity Fund would pick up those claims. Well, it's as I say, it's closing. It's closing from September. So there yeah, is. I'm, I'm really surprised at that. I mean, we had um, experience here in the office um, of the Compensation Fund where we acted on the intervention um, of another firm. Yeah. And on that particular scenario, it was uh, theft of clients money um so you know that doesn't necessarily uh, fall into the remit of negligence and therefore your indemnity insurer is not paying out on, on on many of those kind of circumstances and on this particular instance which was more than 10 years or 10 years plus ago now um you know the compensation fund mm -hmm. repaid those clients for all their losses and as a practice here we had to apply to the compensation fund to recoup that money to, if you want to call it, reimburse the client mm -hmm. um, for the losses that they'd incurred. So, you know, that's the, 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 the sort of basis of our profession, isn't it? That, you know, clients are always protected. Well, as otherwise, this, why use a lawyer? Well, why, is, why use a regulated one? I mean, and this yeah. is interestingly one of, the, one of the badges that particularly the SRA with its digital badge I mean, this is what I find quite extraordinary, that the SRA has had this big push, you know, the transparency rules that, as we know, affect all of us. The SRA has added this sort of, you know, requirement now. Again, it's a requirement now that SRA regulated firms have a digital badge on their website, which, you know, a, a member of the public can click on and gives them more information. So the member of the public knows they are dealing with a regulated professional. So they've got that on the one hand, and yet they are removing the solicitor's indemnity fund protection with the other hand but what's the real the really interesting thing and i'm um you know and i believe my facts are right but i'm not going to say it as absolute gospel 
but there is something like 22 million pounds still swilling around in this fund stew. Somebody's done analysis to show that that figure has remained pretty constant over the last few years. So, um, uh, and, and lots of people are saying, well, okay, A, what's going to replace it? Um, and I'll come on to that in a sec. But B, what are the SRA going to do with the 22 million quid? And they haven't commented. And I even put something on Twitter and said, you know, all law society would be, you know, really interested to know what um, what's going to happen to the 22 million quid. To be fair to the law stock, they came back quite quickly on Twitter and said, oh, nothing to do with us, Gov, it's down to the SRA. Funnily enough, I tweeted the same question to the SRA and didn't get an answer. But the Law Society have spent the last three or four years sort of lobbying the insurers to try to, um, you know, ensure that these retired practitioners who yeah. may face personal claim and personal ruin if they've got no insurance and no SIA. The Law Society have tried to lobby for the least the last three or four years and have basically failed. They have just, and they've had to put stuff on their website that sort of says, oh, well, you know, you know, we tried really hard to help you guys sort out insurance and now we can't. And the point of, the reason I mentioned it is because it, it arcs back to our original yeah. conversation that in the current climate, there is very little appetite from the insurers to help practices like you. Yeah. There's going to be even less appetite for insurers to help practitioners you know, who, yeah. whose practices have actually closed. And I find it just an extraordinary thing. The Law Society has failed to find an indemnity insurance solution for this problem. And that the Law Society's own figures, too, as a matter of interest, have come up and said that 11% of claims, um, not just conveyancing, but 11% of claims are, are made after the runoff period, after that six-year runoff period. Really, That's really interesting, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, and of course, it's particularly going to be, so those solicitors are facing personal liability if they can't get an insurance solution. But the SRA hasn't said what it's doing with the 22 million quid yet. Oh, let's think about <laughs> that. Uh, and actually, I mean, again, I, I doubt anybody watching would, would, would have a direct interest, but, um, but I know that there are, you know, some, some sort of retired practitioners. They're basically sort of, you know, setting up a lobby group, um, perhaps to be fair to them, a little bit late in the day, but better late than never um because this you know strikes me as being uh, frankly an extraordinary injustice i have to say it sounds a bit um i i find it the the strangest thing because what what else because the, the 22 million quid could stay invested i could even understand that um but where, where's this where's this come from because is it practitioners that don't want to pay into the compensation fund no well this was this was the point that's the, that's the very salient point Stu. and um uh, but of course the other side of that coin is um um, yeah, I think there was absolutely no indication from the profession that we as a profession didn't want to pay in. But of course, the other side of that coin is those of us that have paid in for the last 20 years. And it doesn't affect me because um, I'm not in practice anymore full time, other than a locum. Um, but of course, we would have been people, practitioners are paying in now and have been paying in for the last 10, 20 years, however long they've been in practice in anticipation of yeah. that protection being in place for them when yeah. they do. Um, yeah. so, so what are we all going to do? Get our get our 50 pounds a year that we've paid in for the last 20 years back? I, I bet we don't. Um, and, yeah. and there's, you know, I mean, I don't know the technicalities and I'm sure there, you know, there's uh, other stuff going on, but the SRA have been very, very quiet about it and, and no solution has been offered to those practitioners. No it's, a, it's a substantial amount of money we pay into the compensation funds, but it's surely it's it's a necessity to protect 
the clients. Um, but I, I don't know anyone in the profession that uh, profession that sort of you know bulks it back at that. No, because um, you see it as your it's your own yeah. quite literally insurance for the future. Mm. You are you know so in your in your retirement you are not facing personal liability. Um, in the event that you know a claim pulls out the woodwork, you know seven years after you gave up practice, just as you you know whatever you happen to be doing, I, I, I do find it quite quite extraordinary. Um, I think with the, the 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 access that clients have now uh, in terms of the internet and everything else, I think the ability for people to make claims is is going to be higher than ever. Hmm. You know we've seen it with complaints. Uh, the next step is, is is sort of claims, isn't there? So I'm sure that people sort of trying to make claims is going to be more you know more relevant than ever in the next yeah few I agree years. I mean it is the compensation culture and again we um you know we've we've observed before haven't we that um you know sometimes you know, quite often you know people will just make even a complaint thinking oh great you know well at least I'll get 200 quid off the bill and and lots of firms just say oh well whatever we'll pay it and, and indeed, lots of insurers do. The indemnity insurers, if they do get a claim, they won't argue the technical legal point in a lot of cases. It's no. just easier for them to pay it. Yeah, well, they just want that their, their objective is to settle for the least amount of money as possible, whether there's a right or a wrong involved. Um, it's about settling and it's about liability, isn't it? Yeah. But, um, Difference between insurance and, and legal, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. The horrible so, world we live in. <laughs> I know. Strange old things, Stu. Well, that's... Um, well, I hope that's interesting to people. Um, I do wish you luck with your, with your <laughs> special indemnity insurance claims, Stu. Right. Um, and, you know, it would be interesting to hear if anybody's got any particular experience of, uh, of you know, the, 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 or any views on the closure of the Solicitors Indemnity Fund. I mean, I'm absolutely prepared to be, you know, corrected on any points I've made, to be quite frank. I don't claim to be an expert by any means, so... Um, but it would be interesting if anybody's got any any observations. I'd be very pleased to hear them. Definitely. I think it's a, a video worth uh, revisiting in a few months' time once everyone's gone through the process. Yeah. Was it as bad as we expected it to be? Who knows? That'd be interesting. Um, it'd be interesting to see if we could even get an indemnity insurer on who'd be prepared to come and talk to us. Very interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. So that's I'll put, I'll put our, the feelers out. <laughs> you do. That'd be our next, uh, our next chat. Definitely. All right, Stu. Well, on that bombshell, um, I will uh, love you and leave you, and I'll okay, see you again soon. Take care. See you Bye. soon. Bye. Bye.